Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me is Alan. Good day. And Fred. Happy postseason, everyone. Yeah, we're recording this on Friday night as the teams are traveling to Atlanta, probably already in Atlanta at this point, with the Braves up 3-2 to two in the NLCS over the Los Angeles Dodgers. Again, coming back home to Atlanta with two games to try to advance to the World Series for the second straight year. And, you know, I'm at a place here where I am. I want to be excited. I feel like this team is different than last year. But at the same time, it's hard to put the past to bed. (laughs) As Freddie essentially said, you know, it's up to us to kill the narrative that everybody's talking about of them blowing a 3-1 lead two years in a row. At the same time, I'm trying to keep in mind, you know, to think that where this team is, the fact that they're one win away from the World Series again with everything they've had to gone through. Of course, if you're watching the TBS broadcast, you would think the Dodgers are the only one that's facing adversity <laughs> this year. But this Braves team has had to go through a lot as well, and they're still just one win away from the World Series. And, you know, big difference this year is they actually get to play their games at home, and they get the final two games at home because they won their division. So a uh, little bit different scenario this year, Alan, but I'm trying to remain optimistic here. Well, I'm glad we're out of California for one. Uh, that, yes. that's the thing to start with because, uh, obviously it's been a house of horrors for the Braves. They did, I mean, if you want the silver lining to start with, they did take a game in Los Angeles and that's really all we needed them to do because now they, they come home with that lead. They don't have to win both of these games. They just have to win one of them. And everybody's going to be rested, really, on both sides. So it's it's going to be full strength, or at least as much full strength as you got. Um, the Dodgers are getting a little bit more banged up. They lost Justin Turner. They who probably, was not good anyway. Who was not good anyway? But he always can, has a chance to to pop something, and I think he's certainly their better defensive choice at third base. But then again, Chris Taylor. But in any case, yeah, we we've got. Things lined up essentially the, the way we wanted to. I obviously, like the rest of y'all, were hoping that Max Fried was going to be able to close this out and uh, remove any kind of sem- semblance of drama. That didn't happen. Don't know that, that we're going to see any kind of a change going on in the lineup or, or anything like that going forward because, you know, we've been fairly consistent. But, uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what we can do against uh, Scherzer and Bueller because Scherzer and Bueller haven't been that good so far in the, the postseason and at least uh, in our series. And hopefully we'll, uh, continue to, to make a few runs off of those guys. Okay, stop the tape here. 
Yeah, I know. About two hours after we finished recording this, a bunch of our outstanding analysis about Max Scherzer was rendered pointless when the Dodgers announced that he was being scratched from Game 6. And truthfully, it's almost certainly the rest of the series, no matter how long it goes. I think he's done. So while you'll still hear some references to Mad Max in some of this coming up, we'll make it up to you at the end with some more specific Walker Bueller stuff. I promise. Okay, resume tape. We're going to have to keep the Dodgers from scoring. There's no doubt about that. And if we keep them to, say, two or three or four runs, I think that uh, this Braves team has maybe four or five, and and that'd be enough to, to overcome this. Uh, definitely agree with that. Fred, your kind of thoughts on how the series has gone so far and your just feelings on where the Braves are now, how confident are you? Well, I mean, Alan's correct. We We said here last week that we thought this was going to go six games at least, and and that's what's going. That's what's happened. The Dodgers look. That's a that is a strong lineup, even without Muncie and with and now without and with Turner not hitting. What hurt us is that the bottom of their lineup tore us. So we they controlled the top half. Top half didn't do squat. Trey Turner he's non-existent at that point. Uh, and, but at the bottom half, the the Chris Taylors, those guys at the bottom of the lineup, they hurt us. And I don't know why that is. Uh, I. I can't, I'm not even going to speculate why that is, but those are the people that hurt us last night. And I think, you know, coming back to Atlanta, Scherzer's going to start the game. He's going to have his tail up, but he's not been good in September. Velocity's been down. He hasn't gone more than four, four or five innings. He went five innings once, I think. And um, he came out of that last game with a dead arm. And dead arms don't get, get better overnight. So, and we've gotten to max before. I mean, Max is Max is one of the best, but we have gotten to him before because he throws strikes, and we know he throws strikes, and and our, we've got a bunch of fastball hitters on the team, so we're got, we've got a chance with him. I'm you know relatively optimistic about this. Uh, I I wish Max had done more to challenge them last night, but uh, I I think the lineup is good enough if the pitching holds up, and that's to be the trick, you know. Uh, Snitz rode that back into that bullpen, bullpen hard with Magic, Luke, and Will Smith, and just rode them hard and put them away wet. And called them out the next day again. It, you know, I, I said somewhere uh, in one of the tweets that uh, Magic Arm's going to fall off the first of December and have to have it bionically replaced. He's he, I don't know where he's where he's getting it from, but he's good. Now he's had a couple of days rest. Um, and Jack Luke's had a couple of days rest, um, and and I think that's going to be the tr- the trick is going to be. How deep can Anderson go? How do we make the bridge? And does the back end hold up? And if we do the things that we can do, then the lineup, I think, will be fine. Yeah, I'm on the opposite end of this. Both of you have mentioned, you know, got a pitch, and obviously that's the case. But I'm more worried about the offensive side of things because it's been um, my thought, you know, for a year now that it wasn't the pitching that cost the Braves in the NLCS last year. It's the fact the offense just couldn't get rolling, couldn't put up a big number, couldn't put the Dodgers away. I mean, even in game seven there, you know, they scored early but couldn't add on. And that's my biggest concern right now as we go into these final two games of the series, trying to win one, especially after what happened in game five. They got the home run early from Freddie Freeman and then really never threatened again after that. And again, that was a, a bullpen game. Now, granted, the Dodgers were throwing their best relievers with their backs against the wall. I get all that, but Alan, that's what scares me the most. It's not the 
pitching. I think the pitching will be okay. It's proven in this postseason that, that it can hold up. It's are the bats going to continue to score and keep up with the Dodgers? You know, can the Braves have another five, six run uh, output? Because that's what I think it's going to take in order for them to win one of these final two games. Well, I think that's where I'm at as well as I was just suggesting. We're going to have to keep their bats down to three or four, maybe five runs so that we can score enough because I don't think we've got double digits against them coming anytime soon because as soon as that anybody gets into trouble, uh, Dave Roberts is going to yank them and, and bring somebody else in. So it, 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 we would have to have two or three relievers in a row all lay eggs for the Braves to get double-digit runs. So they're going to have to cobble together ones and twos and things like that in, in innings uh, against separate guys. That way, add it up to five or six or so runs. But, yeah, I do think that's what it's going to take. Now, at the same time, I've also been sort of trying to take the long view of all this. They have worked their bullpen quite heavily as well. Hopefully, we're going to start wearing their, those guys out since they're running out eight guys per game, it seems like. I, I'm hoping that we can finally get at a couple of them. Uh, it's a, at this point, game six and possibly game seven, we're, we're at the war of attrition part of the series. Whoever uh, bullpen holds up the best is the one that's going to uh, end up going to the World Series. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. But you look at the three wins, Fred, that the Braves have in this series. They've held the Dodgers to two runs, four runs, and two runs in those three games. So, um, you know, to me, it tells you, you know, kind of what Alan's alluding to, you know, keep this keep this team between, you know, four runs or less and, you know, give the offense a chance. But at the same time, you know, the offense has to get it done. They have to continue to add on runs, put this team away, because we know how dangerous this team can be as, you know, a game goes on. You know, same for the Braves, too. They can be dangerous as well and have proven that, you know, late innings in this game. But, um, Fred, just your thoughts on that, kind of your keys for the Braves, you know, getting it done in these final two games. Well, I'm going to go back to the key that I thought was important early on. That's Ozzy. And, and he's been not, not been Ozzy that I wanted him to be, uh, in the games. I need him to stop swinging at so many pitches and then asking the umpire whether it's a strike. Look, son, if it's not a strike, don't swing at it. Okay. Don't ask the umpire. That means the umpire, you're telling the umpire, you don't know where the zone is. Don't do that. That's just don't. Um, the other thing is I want to know if they're going to put Solaire back in the lineup, get that bat back in there. Because uh, Jock's been okay, but he's not been Jocktober as much. I mean, he's got he's driven in runs, got a couple of hits, but Solaire gives the, gives the lineup something else. Now, I don't know whether they'll do that or not, whether they think he's not had enough reps at the plate to uh, to do that. But, um, you know, I would have probably slotted him in beside Eddie and pushed Freddie down to third spot and dropped Ozzie five or six. Uh, in that lineup because they've been hitting uh, just to do the right left because that's why Snicker put Ozzy in the second spot. He didn't want them to bring in Bruhill, face the pitcher, and then the first two batters, and then take him out for a right-hander to face Ozzy and Austin Riley. Uh, and speaking of Austin, uh, one hit in the last ten at bats or so, Riley, oh, uh, wake the hell up! You you, you hit that one, got that one really good hit, and uh, I just I just think he's been absent the last two games. And that's hurt. He came up with runners in, in on the bases, didn't do anything with them. Neither did Ozzy in front of him. And there you go. I mean, that's that's the top bottom two of your top four in your lineup. So I, Ozzy's got a hit. Austin's got a hit. I don't know about 
who they're going to play, whether they're going to play Solaire or, or Jock. I suspect they'll play Solaire again like they used to if, he, if they think he can get the bat around on these guys. But I, I really don't think that's critical to the thing. The critical thing is doing what we did. Eddie said they were doing. He said we just get the man on base, then we move the man over. We do the get the man on base, we move the man over. We get the man on base. The next guy does his job, and they stop doing that. I'm going to take a, a slightly contrarian view. The the key to getting Solaire back in is whether they can get him any reps in front of a, a live BP to to get his bat back in gear, and that's going to determine how he gets used. I think. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. I mean, it's unfair, but it was one at bat last night, and he did not, you know, look particularly great in that one at bat. But again, it's his first bat at bat back in a while. At least and, it got him in in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a tough call for Brian Snicker. I don't know what he he's going to do because I mean, for me, I would kind of rather have Solaire in there than Austin Riley. But Riley's your best defensive player. Yeah, he meant to say Adam Duvall. And I think you got to have him out there in center field. So it's a tough call right now, but whatever you do, don't mess with Eddie Rosario. That is uh, the one thing you cannot do. You know, maybe move him down in the order if you want to. I wouldn't even do that right now, but Eddie Rosario has to be in this lineup. And really, you know, when you look at the numbers from this series, uh, really outside of Eddie and, and Freddie, <laughs> look at that, that tag team there name, um, really those two guys are the only run- ones that have gotten going in this series. Everybody else is supporting an OPS of, you know, pretty much 700 or lower or even lower than that. Yeah, I mean, Duvall is your best, you know, center fielder. So I think you got to have him in there for defensive purposes. But I do like having Solaire in there, what he brings. If he's that guy, we just, we don't know. And how do you stick him into a middle of a series like that when you don't know where he's at right now physically? But Eddie Rosario has to stay in there. Like I said, Freddie Freeman's gotten going as well after starting. 0 for 8, as the announcers have let us know numerous times already how bad of a start he had. Uh, but he's been getting going. Both. So, I mean, y'all are right. I mean, it's it's Ozzy, it's Riley that needs to step up. You know, even Jack Peterson, you know, cooled off a little bit. Swanson and Darno aren't really giving you much of anything right now. So, I, I need one game where everybody hits top to bottom. They score 100 runs and we can, we can rest easy. But that's really what I'm I'm looking for. I'm looking for this offense to just – have that breakout game, Allen, and, you know, just kind of put this thing to bed, put the pitchers at ease. That's what I thought was going to happen in game five when Freddie hit that two-run homer, but then they just went completely silent after that. I'm not surprised that we're having struggles offensively. I mean, after all, this is the top pitching that you expect to see. You're getting guys are throwing 100 one time, and then guys are throwing junk balls the next time up. You're not getting a consistent look, and that, of course, is the Dodgers' plan. But, I mean, when you come playoff time, you're just not going to well, unless you're the Astros or Red Sox, you're not going to score double digits every time. That just doesn't happen because you got quality pitching all over the place. So the fact that you're not getting everybody hitting all at once or even uh, at the same time is, is not terribly surprising, uh, which is why this team is going to need to be able to cobble together five or six runs in ones and twos. And that's, that's the, the, uh, the challenge here is to do that against several pitchers. And the, the trick will be, can they get Bueller out of the game as early as possible and start working on these guys? And, and again, the war of attrition, try and get these uh, bullpen guys um, pitching a lot, get them tired, uh, get them, 
uh, making mistakes, and this team hits mistakes about as well as anybody else. Uh, so that that's the kind of thing that's just going to get these guys going if they can get those kinds of things done. Yeah, and I'm going back and looking through the series because I feel like the Braves haven't done much against the Dodgers bullpen. They scored four off Gonsolin uh, in game four, a couple uh, the night before off somebody uh, in the ninth inning. can't remember who it was. And they had the, the runs against Urias in game two. But, I mean, honestly, they haven't done much against the Dodgers bullpen, which kind of scares me a little bit because it's almost like if we don't get it done off, off the starter – uh, I'm a little worried with all the different arms coming in, and that's hard. I mean, I get it. I don't like bullpenning just because, uh, for me, it messes up the flow of the game. But, you know, from a hitter standpoint, Fred, it's got to be hard when you're seeing a different arm each and every time to just, you know, develop a game plan, you know, to even know who you're facing. Like Alan said, I think it'll help. The more we see these guys, hopefully the more the hitters become comfortable with it. But it can't be easy for the hitters either, you know, facing a different pitcher every time out. Yeah, the good news is, of course, that that means they have to be sharp every time they take the bump. And relievers are in the bullpen because that's not what they do. <laughs> they, you know, the, the people who pitch you at the bat, the Blake Trinan and, and Kenley Jansen at the back of the pen are going to be dependable strike throwers. But Bruce Gore Gratterall throws 103 and guesses where it's going. Gonsolin, he's, he's pretty easy meat. Urias, his arm's going to fall off any day now. And, you know, Bessie is like a two-batter guy, and then he's out of there. And he, you're looking at Bickford, and I yeah, I think they can be had. Look, the, the thing about the bullpen guys is you have to make them throw that strike. And if they don't throw that strike, then you've got to make them throw, go until they do throw that strike, and then you've got to make sure they give you a pitch to hit. You can't go up after a four-pitch walk and swing at the first pitch just because you think it maybe might, could be, possibly would be good. You've got to make it be good before you take a poke at it. And I think that's what that bothered me with Gratterall is that, you know, he just came out there and the Braves were so aggressive against the guy that struggles. Now, he was getting some pitches that were two inches, you know, off the edge at 101 miles an hour. But that's what frustrated me with Gratterall out there is that they was just were so aggressive with him, didn't really make him throw strikes. Yeah, and you're not going to lift Trinan out of the ballpark every time. I mean, Look, when that, when that, he's throwing that sinker up there and it's like a bowling ball coming up there. And if it's on, you're not going to hit that out of the ballpark. You might as well take like two strike approach. You can poke that thing somewhere and that he doesn't want it to go against the shift or away from him because you're not going to lift it up and hit it 400 feet if it's working right. Conversely, I think the thing about my pitchers that bothers me is I'm not sure TDA is going to be able to catch because he can't throw anybody out. And he swung the bat in that last game, and it, he almost came to his knees. It hurt so bad. And I think, uh, personally, I think that's why they took Langeliers off of the Arizona fall team roster and put him with the travel team in case they had to replace TDA. I think that's on their mind enough that that's why they kept him with them. I, I think that I, it's a problem. His, his hand has, is not completely healed. It hasn't been completely healed. He came back way too early. He had to, but since he's come back, he hasn't hit, and his, uh, he's there to catch. Well, the Dodgers know that, and guess what? They're running on him every every chance they get because uh, it hurts to catch the ball. Then he's got to think and throw it. The pitchers are slow to the plate. He's not got a great arm anyway since the TJ, TJ surgery, and so the Dodgers are going to run on him every time they get on first base, provided it didn't holes. and who knows? He might take off too. So it's I'm worried about TDA 
not being back there to catch the ball because I don't think Contreras can call the game well enough to to keep the pitchers on point and in a hole. And I'm sure that's why uh, Snicker keeps putting him out there because he doesn't really have a backup he can trust. For me, that's a problem for us. Uh, our bullpen has been really good. Most of that's because TDA is calling the right pitches at the right time. Even that home run that Luke gave up, that was not a strike. It was up out of the zone. Um, if you looked at pitching ninjas, code of that, that ball should have been popped up over the infield. And how he got to that, I don't know. I don't think he knows. But most of the time uh, through the series, uh, it's been uh, Darno back there guiding the pitchers through it. And if he's not there, I think our staff and our starters are in trouble. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about TDA. I mean, he clearly is, is hurting um, and, you know, not able to throw anybody out. I think they have 10 or 11 stolen bases in this series. That's just an absurd amount, and they're just running at will. None of them have really even been that close. Um, so that that is a big problem. But at the same time, I think he's done a great job blocking balls back there, and I think he's done a great job calling the game. So, you know, you, you kind of have to just live with the fact, you know, that they're taking they're taking an extra 90 feet every time they, they get on base, which is frustrating. But that's a really good point on TDA. We'll have to see. Maybe we'll get some news Saturday morning on that. I would doubt. Let me ask you this, Fred, and, and Alan, you can answer it too, but I'll start with you, Fred. If for some reason TDA is injured and they take him off the roster and add Langoliers, who's your starting catcher, Langoliers or Contreras? You got to start Contreras. I, uh, I, I just, you just have to start Contreras because he's been there. I don't think it bothers Langoliers a, a whole lot. He, he's been College World Series a couple times. He calls a good game, and you know, personally, I think he's twice the catcher Contreras is. Um, but I, I believe that Snicker would go with a guy he's had more than that. I mm. don't think he would throw a rookie out there in Game Seven. Although, you know. At, at some point, you've got to say, you got to throw a runner out here. They're not going to run on the Gilliers one time, and then they're going to trot back to the bench and say, hey, let's not do that shit anymore. <laughs> so this this is, um, you know, I think he's the future, and I think the only way he gets in the game is if is if TDA can't and Contreras isn't doing what he needs to do because Langelier is going to call the game better. I don't know whether he knows the pitchers well enough, but he's an experienced game caller, and I'm sure that's why he's – traveling with, I'm sure he's living with the pitchers right now uh, in the bullpen and, and before the game and during the game. I'm sure he's with them all the time because he needs to figure that out So in case he's needed. But I'm sure that's why they brought him back. I think Contreras is the guy because he's got some time in the majors, and you don't know how the kid, how Lingarius, not a kid, well, he is for me, but <laughs> he's the kid. You don't know how Lingarius is going to respond to that. Yeah, no, you, you agree with that, Alan, and be Contreras. This is a tough one. It really is. Cause uh, if you take the TDA out, he's done for the World Series as well. Uh, but then again, he may really be done at this point if he is that hurt. So if you want to make a switch, I think you need to go ahead and make that switch. If, if it looks like it's going to really be hurting the team to let these guys continuing to run amok. If they, if that is your rationale, then that Sort of leans toward Langelliers to to come in and just stop the running game. You're right, Fred, that Contreras is the guy with some experience, and this is why I was a little concerned about whether they ought to have called up Shea for September and given him a few reps behind the plate just to at least get his feet wet there. I don't think you take a guy straight from Double A 
catching to the major leagues in the heat of a uh, a, a deep playoff run here. And I, I think that's the wrong place to put him in. You, you don't need him for offensive purposes. You need him for defensive purposes. But, I mean, you've got uh, uh, TDA who's got some defense still but can't stop the run. You've got Contreras who's a little iffy on defense. You just definitely don't want to have him make a pass balls in, in critical situations. So, I mean, do you make, do you bite the bullet and go ahead and bring the kid up anyway? I don't know. That, that's a tough call and I, it's not what I really want to make. I don't yeah, think they make the call unless TDA is really, really too injured to play. I mean, yeah. he's got to be, he's got to be to the point where he's, he's, he, he just can't catch the ball. And I, I think, think we're at the point that we're talking about here the fact that we're talking about it i think being makes the point that it's close it's a decision that's not that far away yeah i agree with you i just don't know i mean uh, defensively langelius is going to do he's going to do it he's going to catch the ball he's going to throw the ball they're not going to run on him but do the pitchers have the confidence in the pitch we'll be seeing tda in the dugout calling the pitches i i i and that that sort of I hate that, but, you know, Dodgers have been doing that at times. They've had somebody calling the pitches for Will Smith at times. Uh, and so if you can do that, I mean, if, you know, you can go out and say, okay, this is the plan, and I'm going to be in the dugout, and if I see something, you look at me, I'll tell you, then then maybe that works. I mean, he's a bit, he, Langelius is a better defender than, than uh, Contreras. And, and they have no idea how really. to pitch him. Yeah. They have no idea how to pitch to him. They're going to throw him fastballs. He can hit a fastball. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. So he, I, you know, I, was, I don't know, but I, Snitsk is going to go with the guy that brought him there. I think. Yeah, he's only hitting about two forty, two fifty in the Southern League. So I mean, that's obviously not major league pitching, but he also ran into enough to get about a nine hundred OPS. So um, who knows? Maybe he could pop one here or there. But uh, that that would not be the purpose for bringing him into the game. That no. that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're getting a ton offensively out of TDA anyway, and I think right. Langley which makes it inter- good defensively. But. Yeah, which is what makes it an interesting question because you're getting no offense out of your catcher spot anyway. So do you go for the best defender you can get then? That's the question. Yeah. I, I'm, well, it's I'm, like Fred said, though. It's what kind of, you know, chemistry would he have with a pitching staff, you know, coming in cold? I think that would be the only, you know, deterrent to that. And I, I kind of agree with Fred, and I think, Alan, you agree with this, too, is that you know, TDA's arm would have to be falling off for him to get pulled off this roster. Like I said, I think we could be close to that happening after the swing he took the other night. Um, but I, I think he would have to be seriously injured just because I think Snit trusts him so much behind the plate. Uh, even if he's not giving him anything offensively, and even with the stolen bases, which is a clear problem and has cost the Braves, you know, in this series. Let's turn the page now and look to game six Ian Anderson versus Bueller. Bueller, um, you know Anderson only went three innings last time out. I guess if you're looking for you know a bright spot there, he only gave up that two-run homer, uh, only threw 55 pitches, so should be pretty well rested for this one. Uh, Alan, for me, the key with Ian is always in tight games like this. Whenever Ian struggles, it's the walks, uh, and the Dodgers are very good at taking those walks. He had three his first time out. For me, he's got to trust his changeup in the zone a little bit more, get ahead of these hitters. 
can't allow to give up three bases, which is the case with most uh, pitch starting pitchers in big games like this. But what are you hoping for Ian in this game? What are you expecting? Well, I'm hoping that he's can settle down this time. He's had one time against these Dodgers. He only got through the order about once, one one and a half times or so. Uh, so he's not that familiar to them, but hopefully he can settle down and relax and do his normal thing. And now that he's he's had a shot at him, he he can come back and and. He'll have the determination to to want to do better, no question. But uh, we'll we'll see if he can pull that off. I I just hope he can get through the first inning unscathed. That that has been a bugaboo for him. If he can do that, then I think he's got uh, four or five in him probably. But uh, he's just going to have to relax, not uh, worry about the moment so much, but just uh, try and treat it as a a regular start, knowing that he has, his team still has a cushion of a, a one-game lead behind him, and if he just do his thing, that he should be all right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, for for me, Fred, give me five innings. You know, get through the lineup twice. You know, keep it to two runs or less, and I think you, you know, obviously keep the Braves in the game, give them a chance. You know, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm hoping for with Ian. I mean, he's always calm and composed. You know, I don't think that will bother him. I'm glad that he's getting to pitch at home where he's been much better but we need to see him you know go deeper in this one you know like I said give me five innings of two runs or less and I'll be happy yeah the thing about we we talk about that the pitchers who have gone five innings in postseason you can count them on one hand and have fingers left I mean, I mean when when uh, the, the young man from Houston did that Thursday night he was the first pitcher to go beyond six innings and I I think Snicker would be just be over the moon if if Ian got him through four with with no no real damage, because it, it, you said at the end Ian's problem is the walk, and if he can do see he last year they told him don't worry about this just go out and throw and he didn't this year he's expecting to be the guy that he was last year and he puts that pressure on himself I think and he doesn't show it he's very like. You know, Glavin out there, he wouldn't know if his pants were on fire or he just won the lottery. He's just out there and he's doing his thing. But I think that there's some personal internal pressure on him to pick up some slack. And when you do that, I think you 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 push the control away and you, you're not doing what comes naturally. If You know, Ian's, Ian's really good when he's relaxed and throwing, but he hasn't been doing that. He hasn't been relaxed in, in six weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's just me personally. I haven't seen anything that no, no, it doesn't. But it just looks to me like he's trying that little bit harder because we're that close. We got to get there. We're that close. We got to get there. Okay, we're there, and I got to win. I've got to carry this. We can't go to seven. I don't want to go to seven. I want I want Charlie and and Max rested. I got to win this game, and so on and so forth. And I I think when you get in that set, get in that mindset, it pushes the details out of your mind, and you don't do everything quite as well. Ian's got the pitches to do it if he'll just do it. Keep it down, make him go down and get the pitch, use that use that dead fish change up, uh and and keep him off balance. Use the use the four seamer up out of the zone, make sure Bellinger can't reach it, and up out of the zone and and keep him off balance. And he did that last year and this same lineup. So I, I think he can do it. I just hope he's mentally ready to do it. 
yeah, that's that's the big thing. You never know how you know players. You know, again, I said you know, he's always looks composed out there, but you never really know what's going on between the ears. But I talk about the walks. The Braves have, pitchers have walked 20 batters in this in this series already over uh, five games. They've done much better the last couple of games, but you go back to the start that Ian had, they ended up walking nine batters in that game. Somehow still won that game. I think they only gave up four hits. But uh, we we got to see more pitches in the strike zone. The Dodgers are going to take what you give them. We don't need to give them anything. Need to make them earn it in this game with Ian. Again, I think if he can do that, I think he can give you, you know, four or five innings, of, you know, keep the team in the game. And that's exactly what I'm looking for from him. Again, need the offense to kind of break out, get Bueller out of there early get into their middle relievers. Uh, that's kind of my plan for success in game six. Okay, hold the tape again. Here's Fred with what I promised earlier, a preview on Walker Bueller. Well, talk about rip out the front pages. We no sooner put the podcast to bed last night and settled down to watch the rest Astros game when the Dodgers announced that Max Scherzer was unavailable to start today because of the dead arm and fatigue. There was a lot of speculation about bullpen games and would David Price start, would they send Corey Kniebel out there again, or Brewster Gratterall. But the only option Roberts really had was Walker Bueller. And the reason it's his only option, he has to win today, and Bueller gives him the best chance of doing that. Bueller gave up four runs last time he pitched against us. He's going to come out wanting to set that right, and his job's going to be go as hard as he can, as long as he can, hold the Braves while his lineup tries to get to Ian Anderson and score runs. The Dodgers will probably go early on Anderson, try to make him throw strikes, be patient. And if they get ahead, as soon as Bueller shows signs of being weak or tiring, they're going to go to that bullpen. And you're going to get multiple innings out of Gratterall, Blake Trinan, Kelly Jansen. That's six possible innings right there. If they have to use the lefties, they have Vessia and Brewhill out there as well. The job's going to get to Bueller and force them into that bullpen, force them to using somebody out of that bullpen that isn't at the top of their list. Don't hold your breath for Evan Phillips tonight. He's only there to mop up if they're down 13 to zip and getting their tail end handed to them. You're going to see the best out of the bullpen early. They're going to pitch longer in the game, and they're going to stay there until the end. They'll worry about who pitches pitches tomorrow after the game tonight. It's probably going to be Urias. John Hyman's reporting that Max Scherzer may be available for Game 7. Based on my experience with John Hyman, that's probably fantasy. But I'm sure if he's available, he'll go out and he'll throw until his arm falls off to try to win the game. Let's just not get to that game, okay? The Braves lineup, I haven't seen yet, but I'd expect it to be similar to the one that they started last game. There's a possibility that Jorge Soler will be back in the lineup if the Braves feel he can swing a bat. Quite frankly, he can't hit much worse than some of the Braves at the bottom of the lineup have been hitting. Unfortunately, he's not a catcher or a shortstop. I don't know whether they'll start him. Bueller's right-hander. I expect him to start Peterson and let it go from there. The Braves' job is really simple. Make Bueller throw strikes and play clean baseball. No toot blands. No errors, no wild pitches, keep everything in front of you, play the game straight up and clean. That gives you the best chance to beat the Dodgers tonight. I now return you to our regular programming, which may or may not be in progress, because I don't know when Alan's going to insert this. Good luck, and go Braves! Okay, since I'm back here, in any case, here is that lineup now that we have it. Eddie Rosario is starting in left field. Jock Peterson is indeed starting in right field. Looks like Soler is going to be available off the bench, but not a starter today. 
So it goes Rosario, Freeman, and Albies at the top, followed by Riley, Duvall, and Peterson. Dansby Swanson, Travis Darnot, injured as well as he may be. He is still behind the plate. And Ian Anderson, of course, wrapping up the nine spot. Now, finally, back to Jake, and let's see if we can finish this off before anything else changes. I'll give you my final, you know, kind of key point, you know, going forward, and then I'll, I'll let you guys give yours. But for me, it's the, the bullpen, and there's two games left potentially in this series. I do not want to see Jacob Webb again. I do not want to see Chris Martin again. The only p- pitchers I want to see come out of that bullpen are A.J. Minter, Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, and Will Smith. Those are the only four pitchers I want to see come out of the bullpen, unless Max makes a reappearance in Game 7 potentially. Those are the only guys I trust. Unless there is a six-run lead one way or the other, those are the only pitchers I want to see coming out of those bullpen doors the rest of the way. They're the only pitchers I trust right now. You know, if it's a two-run lead, you know, if the Braves are down two or three runs, don't bring in Chris Martin in a big situation uh, where things could get out of hand. I don't want to see that. Use your best guys these these next two games if you have to. This is a chance to go to the World Series. Do not waste it for a you know a matchup or because you don't want to blow a guy early. You know if you got a big situation in the fourth or fifth inning, bring in a good reliever, a guy you can trust. So that's you know one of my biggest keys going forward, as well as what we talked about earlier. The offense you know, has to keep adding. They have to keep scoring runs. Can't get complacent, which I think they did some in the series last year. And you know what they did in Game Five, where they just completely went dead after they fell behind. So those are my two biggest keys for the rest of this series. But Fred, uh, I'll go to you first. Kind of your final thoughts. Well, I, I agree with you that he's he's got to rely on his horses in the bullpen. That's why that's why he went to Dylan Lee last night, and that's why he went to Jacob Webb last night. And, and Chris Martin last night because he was going to give those guys a blow. Once he realized this, this is beyond catching here, then he was going to give those guys a blow and not go to the horses unless the lineup did something. Um, that way he gave Jackson a day off, he gave Matzik a day off, and Smith had the day off, and, and that's, his, that's the back end of his bullpen. If he's forced into doing something else, I don't know – what it will be, you may, if and depends what Anderson does. If Anderson goes deep into the game, goes four, four, four and a half, five innings, there's going to be somebody in the sixth, somebody in the seventh, somebody in the eighth, and somebody in the ninth. So you got those four guys. You got to have somebody in case they trip up. Lee didn't do bad in his first inning. The second inning, he gave up the bomb. But again, he's a one inning kind of pitcher. I, I'm not too worried about him. He threw strikes. At least he threw strikes. I don't trust Chris yeah. Martin any farther than I could throw him. And and so I agree with you. I wouldn't wouldn't give him the ball uh, again. Period. Uh, I in fact I, I'd be happy if he's pitched his last game for Atlanta. Uh, I I just you know with the bullpen was a weakness. Then all of a sudden it was a strength. And now we're down to the point where everybody's got to be good because they can only go so far. You look at what the Dodgers did when that. They, they started with Kelly, and then they they went to Edmund Phillips out of emergency because he wasn't the guy that was supposed to come in. And then they went to Gratterall, and then they went to Bessia. And so they went to their big four right off the bat with that, and they held us in check. But if we do that, we got nobody left at the back of the game. And they still had Trinan and Jansen sitting there to use and Bruhill. So that's the difference, really. Our starter has to go in different, deeper. Our bullpen's got got to be on point. They've got to be rested. And you've got to use the guy. You got to use your horses. And for those guys out there complaining because Luke gave up that home run, get a life. Jesus, <laughs> the man's been one of the best pitchers and the best relief pitchers in the National League this year, 
and you're arguing with me that we should look at what he did in 2018. No, we shouldn't. He's one of the best pitchers in the league this year. He left the ball up. Bellinger hit it out. That's not – sometimes the batter wins. But yeah, I, he didn't even I leave it up. I, I like I like Luke Jackson's um, comment after the game. He said, I, "When the ball left my hand, I thought, oh, that's a ball. It's way too high.'" And <laughs> Bellinger just—I mean, you got to tip your hat. He went up the ladder and and hit it out. I mean, yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't understand people complaining about Luke Jackson for that pitch. That ball was way high. Uh, I mean, the probability on him hitting a home run on that cannot be very high. So you just gotta tip your cap to him and I know I said I was done making points but I just wanted to to build on on my point and what you're talking about Fred is that you know say Ian Anderson comes out in the fourth or fifth inning and you bring in AJ Minter to put out a fire and Minter looks good and his spot doesn't come up ride a pitcher that is hot that is that is another that's the thing I don't like in a in the regular season either but you bring in our relief pitcher and he's throwing well let him continue you know as long as you're up and his spot doesn't come up at least let him go back out there see if he can continue it you know that's something that that always bugs me because you never know what's going to come out of that bullpen door and who's going to be on that day and who's going to be not you got a reliever that comes in and he's throwing the ball well and they can't touch him he looks good ride that horse so that's my other key point going forward Alan but what else you got I don't know if I got anything else. <laughs> uh, I'm going to echo what you guys are saying about uh, Luke Jackson's homer pitch. I was sitting at home thinking oh, on the pitch before it was a high strike, and he missed it. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm thinking to myself, throw the same thing about four or five inches higher. And that's exactly what he did. Because you, you want these guys to climb the ladder, and you want these guys to be sort of chasing the pitches up. I guess Bellinger was thinking along the same lines and, and got on top of it somehow. I guess he's got a step stool or something to, to, to get up there and get it. But I mean, yeah, they could have thrown the slider, but I think the, uh, normal expected thing was to go ahead and, and throw that high strike and he chased it and by golly, he hit it. But I mean, the Braves need to look at that event and say, we are one pitch away from already being eligible for the World Series. I don't think the Braves themselves are worried about that. It's just it's the panel of experts that aren't the Braves, you know what I mean. Granted, but what they should be thinking is we've been beating these guys, and they have been beating these guys. And if it weren't for that one, not not the pitch, I think the pitch was fine. I think that the one event where Bellinger got on top of that pitch, if it weren't for that event – then they'd already be prepping for the World Series. So they they could pat themselves on the back for a moment and say, look, we can beat this Dodger team. And they, they need to come out with the attitude that uh, we're back at home, we're going to defend home, and we're going to uh, beat these guys. I think it's going to take two-run homers. I think it's going to take maybe a three-run homer to do it because of the way the Dodgers handle their bullpen. If you get a guy on base, you're going to have to go long ball. We haven't been terribly successful at being able to do the small ball thing uh, at, at, for the most part. Uh, I think that uh, that's part and parcel of how they, they have been doing matchup games in the bullpen. Uh, so when you get the opportunity, when you get a guy on base, hammer him home. I think that's what it's going to take, whether it's uh, in game six or game seven. It's going to need to be done to get get these runs in. So if the Braves do that and they come out with the attitude that they're not only just equal to the Dodgers, they're better than the Dodgers, then I think that's going to carry the day. 
Yep. Like that, Alan. A good way to end it. That will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Make sure you check out the website at tomahawktake.com where we are covering the series in written form. All of our great writers over there, so make sure you check that out. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Tomahawk Take podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you next week. This past the deadline scrambled and makeshift edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Bueller. Bueller is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, and while Minute Media allows us to sign all the talent we could use, well, some of us are still on the taxi squad. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 this was a piece by kevin mcleod entitled hillbilly swing which was modified to fit in the available space his works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io all other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by tomahawktech.com thanks for tuning into the podcast today and we'll see you out there for the rest of the playoffs Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.